Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. Today we're on our, our second sermon in this series that we're calling Don't Waste Your Life, which is really focusing in on when you have experiences in life, when, when you have moments in life, you, you should understand them, you should unpack them, you should try to, try to see what you have to learn here. You should see what God is trying to do in you or through you or around you based on any and every experience you have because God, look, God is always directing our lives. We talked last week about storms and the fact that you can find truth inside of a storm. You can find opportunity inside of a storm. You can find uh, you can find freedom inside of a storm. You can find that Jesus never stops watching you inside of a storm. You can even find hope inside of a storm. We talked about all of that last week. And so so now we're into something new. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you that this week we're going to say don't waste and we're going to say don't waste your miracle. And and I want you to understand that this may seem a bit counterintuitive because in our minds when we experience a miracle, we we think to ourselves, well, that's not something I'm going to waste. I'm obviously going to notice that. Well, yeah, but I think sometimes we, how do I say this? I think sometimes we just either expect the miracle or when it comes, we explain it away, or or we just you know, we there there are a lot of ways we can fail to learn what God wants us to learn in a miracle. You can even allow a, mir- a miraculous moment in your life to distract you from what really matters in your life. So here, this story is found. It's in the life of Peter, and it's in Luke chapter 5. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, I'm going to start with verse 1. And Jesus is just now starting his ministry. In chapter 4, he's been rejected in Nazareth. He's gone, well, it begins with him going through the desert and 40 days of, of fat, prayer and fasting. He's tempted in the desert. Then he's rejected in his hometown. His his hometown church wants nothing to do with him. If you would see him as a pastor, then his hometown church doesn't want him as their pastor. Uh, so he gets he, he can't do a lot of miracles there. But he starts doing miracles in other places and casting out demons and healing people. The power that is in him shows where he goes. And so now he says here in chapter 5, verse 1, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He's starting to draw crowds because he's speaking with authority and he's speaking the actual word of God with the authority of God. Let me just say something, and this is a side point. It's not our main point here. And when you speak God's word with authority, people will respond to that. And by authority, I don't mean I don't mean in angry tones because far too often these days we see authority speaking with authority as yelling at people or seeming angry or seeming mean-spirited. That That's not what I'm talking about. You speak God's word with authority. For instance, I'll give you for instance, I've been using the word miracle over and over and over again here as if it's just something, the fact that miracles happen is something that just ought to be real in your mind, that that miracles just are. You know why I spoke it like that? Because they are. Miracles, they do happen. 
God does do the miraculous. There are times when, 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 when the supernatural power of God intersects our natural reality. And when that happens, things, ha- things, things occur that we don't understand, that we can't explain. The miraculous takes place in that moment. And the miraculous does happen. Our world might reject that it happens, but that doesn't mean I'm going to speak about it apologetically. Just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean I have to be apologetic about the fact that I believe in it. You don't need to see things that way. When you speak the word of God with authority, people start to listen. And that's what's going on here with Jesus. He's speaking God's word and people are listening. He saw at the water's edge two boats uh, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So they finished working. And so they're washing up. They're about to go home. Okay. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who will ultimately be Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, can I give you another sidebar? If you want to have the miraculous, you need to seat Jesus in the center of everything you're doing, even your business. This is this is Peter's business. This is this boat is not recreational for him. This is his business. This is what he does. This is what he owns. He has put Jesus in the center of what he uses to feed his children and put a roof over his family's life. He sat Jesus right in the center of it in front of everybody. And he's made it clear to everybody that Jesus is going to teach from here. I have no issue with this. I am not embarrassed by this. I'm not going to apologize for this. I'm not going to back up. For You see, there's again this authority. He puts Jesus there. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. But Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Here's the first thing I want you to understand about a miracle. Your miracle is found, listen listen carefully, your miracle is found in the deep. It's found in the deep places. It's found in the deep places where your heart goes. It's found in the deep places. Look, let, let me put it this way. Your miracle is found in the deepest, darkest moments of your life. The deep places. Okay, pause. Your miracle is found with a deep relationship with Christ. You see? Hold on. Your miracle is found in the depths of who you are as an individual because that's where God wants to do his work. You see all these all these different ways I can I can say this. Jesus says to to Simon, "Put out into deep water." So when you go deep, the deeper you go with Jesus, the deeper you go with God, the more likely you are to see the miracles of God in your life because you're getting out to the place where God can work. I want to say one other thing here because I, I want you to understand that is they haven't caught anything all night. That's true. But we get no indication here that that having not caught anything over not all, all night means that they're going to starve or they're not going to be able to make their payments or they're going to lose the boat back to the bank. We don't get any sense of that. We don't get, hear me, we don't get a sense of need here. They've stopped. They're washing their nets. They're going to go home. There's not a need here. And I want you to hear me. When you go out into the deep with Jesus, you find the miracle that you didn't have to have. And I want you to hear something. The greatest miracles in your life are often the ones that you didn't need, or at least you didn't know you needed. 
and God just provides them. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's it's the great stories are when we're on the edge, and if God doesn't come through, He's got to deliver, and then God does deliver, and those are great stories. But but let me just let me just can I just say this? I'm gonna get in trouble for this. <clears throat> we ought to live our lives well planned. We ought to live our lives well put together. We ought to live our lives in such a way that we don't create scenarios in which we need a miracle. So the great miracles, the greatest miracles are the ones we didn't need. But God chooses to give them anyway. God's giving Peter a blessing for using everything he has to help Jesus send out the message that Jesus wants everyone to hear. When Peter puts Jesus at the center of his business... God will bless that business. Watch, watch. You say, well, what, what are you talking about business? Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. So as Jesus is, is on the lake, all, they didn't catch anything all night. He, he taught from the boat. And Peter says, Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. They've worked in their own strength as long as they could, in all the places they could. Everything they knew to do as professionals, they've done, and it didn't work. But now Jesus says, put out into the deep and we're going to catch some fish. I want you to understand that your miracle is based, is found in the deep, but it's based on Jesus' timing. It's based on God's timing, not yours. You you can't make miracles. I, I've often had people come to me uh, because, you know, I've pastored for a long time and I, I think we have a good live experience in La Plata and we've put that together over years. And people come, people will sometimes come to me and say, how do you... How do you get the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of, a, inside of a church? How do you get the miraculous? How do you get revival? And the answer is you don't. The answer is you can't. You cannot cause revival. You cannot cause a moving of the Holy Spirit. You cannot call down the presence of the Holy Spirit. You, you can't do that. Uh, it's, uh, this is not a magic trick. This is not, this is not anything like that. It's, there, there's, it's not like that. What you must do, everybody watch. You must create an atmosphere that is conducive to the move of the Holy Spirit and continue to create that atmosphere until the Holy Spirit chooses to move because the moving of the Holy Spirit is at the discretion of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will bring a miracle, but he will bring a miracle in his time. What do I have to do to be ready for that? You need to offer up everything you have to him. And if he wants to sit in the middle of your business, in the middle of your boat, in the middle of your life for a while and teach somebody else, doing nothing for you, teaching somebody else, but you're providing a platform for it. If he wants to do that with you, you need to let him because ultimately at some point he will say, let's go out in the deep. Let's go out and do this. I'm going to show you what I am willing to do because you were willing to be a servant of God. You see, you've got to create a scenario. You've got to live your life in such a way that Jesus is in the center. And when you do that, you'll see the miracle of God's hand move in your life simply because he's there. Y'all, listen, just having Jesus there is miracle enough, right? But having him there also opens the door to all these other miracles that are going to take place in your life. Verse 6, Luke chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When they had done so, when they had put out into the deep, when they would taken their cleaned nets, now made them dirty again, so they're going to have to clean their nets again. 
they taken their clean nets, they go out, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They couldn't even handle it. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began so full that they began to sink. When God does move, your, mir- your miracle's found in the deep, your miracle's based on his timing. But when your miracle comes, it will be more than you know how to handle. It'll be more than you can handle. I mean, these guys, can I just show you? They take out one boat, and they go out and they throw out one net. They catch so many fish that they have to call other boats to them. Everybody listen to me. When you settle into God's presence in your life and you get Jesus in the center of everything, the blessing God puts on you will spill over to other people. You, what God, God's provision for you will provide for others. Why? And, and it won't take away from your provision because you, you'll have everything you need and then some, but God will take that and then spill over into others. It came to the point that they were, it was about to sink both boats. It'll be so much more than you can even handle. I'll never forget uh, the I, when I first moved to Maryland. I in back in where I was from in North Carolina, we didn't do Christmas Eve services. Uh, Tina, when we first moved to Maryland, they wanted to do Christmas Eve services. I said no because Tina's mom was sick. We were still going down. We were visiting. Uh, her mom passed uh, our second year here, and then um, and then they wanted to do a Christmas Eve service that year. And I said, okay, fine, we'll do a Christmas Eve service. Well, the church had been growing, and um, and so I you know I held one Christmas Eve service because that's what I thought I needed to do, you know, okay, they want to have a, we'll do it. I had no idea what was about to happen. God moved and the Holy Spirit took over. And the next thing I knew, I was standing on the platform of a church that could hold four, that could seat 400 people. And I was looking at 700 and it was so crowded. I actually stood on stage and thought to myself, this isn't even safe. It was so many people. The blessing was so huge that we couldn't contain it. Then we started planting churches. Can I teach you something about planting churches? Church planting is not an effective method to manage church growth. Because if the Holy Spirit's really moving, you'll plant churches and still have your church be over full two Sundays after you sent people out. I've seen that happen. See, God's blessing is always more than you can handle. And if you will be generous with it, then you can find that he will continue to send it. Your miracle is more than you can handle. But, but watch, watch. When Simon Peter saw this, he, he, fell, he fell at Jesus' knees. He, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. By the way, all three of these are going to be the three central players inside of the disciples of Jesus and Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. Watch. Pause. Pause. Their boats are so full of fish, they are sinking. They pull their boats up on shore, left everything boats nets fish and followed jesus i need you to understand your miracle is found in the deep your miracle is found in his timing It's based on his timing it's more than you can handle but here's the last point your miracle the miracle is not the point it's not the point jesus is the point the miracle is here to teach you something the miracle is here to show you something the miracle is here to to get you somewhere 
And, and the, the point is following Jesus. They chose to follow Jesus and they chose to leave behind their wealth and their business and their future. All of that was in the boat and they walked away from it. Now, yeah, likely they left it with partners and some of their partners sold it. Maybe, maybe Zebedee was there. James and John are the sons of Zebedee. Maybe Zebedee was there and Zebedee sold it all. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how all that happened, but they walked away. And they became disciples of Jesus instead of fishermen on Lake Gennesaret. What they decided to do was follow Jesus because they understood that that miracle wasn't the point. In fact, all the miracles they will experience in the next three and a half years, in the next three years as they walk with Jesus, and then all the miracles they will experience all the way through the book of Acts as they live out and they, and they build this thing we now know as the church— all of those miracles, none of the individual miracles is the point. The miracles all point to a God that is greater than the problems, than the issues, than the things in our lives. The miracles all point to the greatness of God. The miracles are not what we're after. I think sometimes in the church, we, we chase after miracles like miracles are the point. The miracles are not the point. Jesus is the point. And when we follow him, you know what? The miracles get deeper. And they get less, how do I say this? They become a whole lot less about money and things. And the miracles just get deeper and deeper and they become about people and relationships. They become about seeing God build the kingdom of God. They become about seeing God reaching other people, changing other lives. They become about other things. The truth is, if you will keep God in the middle of everything you're doing, if you'll keep Jesus right in the middle of that boat, right in the middle of that business, right in the middle of whatever it is you do, whatever is going on in your life, keep Jesus right in the middle of it, then you can't help but see a miracle. And at some point, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, hey, let's put out to the deep and let's throw a net out there. And when you do that, you'll see God come through in ways that you cannot imagine. When that happens you'll have the opportunity to either sell everything and focus on what God just gave you or turn away from everything he gave you, fall to your knees in front of him and worship him because he will have shown you that he is the one that is in charge. Don't ever waste a miracle. Pray with me. Father, I just want to thank you. Jesus, thank you for this story. Thank you for this, the, the, what you taught us here. Now, Holy Spirit, what I ask is that you would, Lord, somebody here needs a miracle today. I, I pray that you would provide that. I pray that you and your supernatural would intersect our natural and you would bring about an event, somehow a turnaround that's almost unexplainable. Lord, I pray for the miracle that is needed. Lord, I also pray for the miracle that's not needed, but the one that's going to teach us, the one that's going to teach to follow you and to trust you. God, I pray that you would let us see your hand move. And when you move on our behalf, Holy Spirit, let us leave everything else behind so that we can follow the God who will provide miracles so that we can see who he really is. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, a couple quick questions. What does it mean to be, to be obedient to God's timing, especially when things don't seem to be happening in our favor? Oh, that, that, yeah, okay, okay. This, <laughs> this is my least favorite part 
of life in general mm-hmm. and of and of Christian life, which is the world is changed through the mundane repetition of right things. Mm-hmm. Miracles are a result of the mundane repetition repetition of right things. Miracles best happen in a in an environment where we mundanely repeat right things. I, you, sometimes you're just you just got to keep going through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. And the more you go through the motions, the more you are showing your commitment to the to the moment, your commitment to the movement, your commitment to the organization, your commitment to the kingdom, whatever it happens to be. You stay in that moment. You keep doing those things. And then the miraculous comes in the middle of that. Peter Peter and James and John, uh, Simon, James and John, they all fished all night long. They, they didn't stop fishing. They were fishing. If Think about it this way. If they had not been fishing all night long, they would not have had the equipment ready for the miracle hmm. when Jesus was ready to give the miracle. You ever thought about that? How many times have I talked to pastors who are there, they're like, well, we don't have any kids in the church. We need kids in the church. I'm like, well, do you have a nursery? No. Well, then how do you expect to have children in the church if you don't have a nursery? You don't have a, if you don't have children's church, how do you expect to have children? Well, we don't have any children to have children's church. Well, do you not have children because you don't have children's church? Or do you not have children's church because you don't have children? And uh, no, that didn't make any sense. It's a comparison. You got to do it. You got to start working at it and then trust God to bring what will happen, what, what, what you need. Okay. So uh, they had to clean the, the nets were clean. The boat was ready. Yeah. It's like the bread and the lo- or the loaves and the fish, right? Mm-hmm. They had something yeah. to start with and Jesus used what was oh, there. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't start from nothing. Right. There was something there. Yeah. You, you, you got to have everything ready. If the, if mm-hmm. you believe the miracles coming, make room. Mm hmm. If you're not making room, then do you really believe? Yeah, Joseph with yeah. what was happening in Egypt with the, you know, he had, he got the storehouses ready. Act as if. Yeah. Until. Okay, that's good. All right, so how can we prepare ourselves to handle those blessings and miracles that God brings in our lives? I think the answer is the same. Act as if until. I'm going to have children's ministry. I'm going to have a children's ministry space. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a volunteer in there. I'm going to have all that done, even if I don't have a kid in there. I'm going to look at my volunteer and say, if no kid shows up, you come on in the church and sit through church. But you stay right there until about 15 after, because just in case a kid shows up. And then the day a kid shows up, you know what's going to happen? That volunteer is going to be like, we had somebody in church. And there's excitement. <laughs> you know, say, this yeah. is true. Now, I know I'm talking church. I'm talking church. But this is true in everything else in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Um, uh, this is the story I want to tell, so I'm going to tell it. Uh, so I'm going to put it on credit, waiting for the blessing to come. No, no. Not but you thing. are going to get yourself ready for it. Okay. Um, I know I know pastors that would teach that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm okay. not there. Just making you sure, know, just in you, case anybody was wondering. No, I wouldn't put it on credit. But uh, but <laughs> I, you know, the truth is, you got to be ready. Well, okay. Let me back up. You are going to make room for your miracle before your miracle comes. But you don't need to jump off the edge until you absolutely know God says now. Mm-hmm. Until God, until Jesus says last week, get out of the boat, stay in the boat. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think too many people think, I heard from God, and they just jump. Mm. And it's like, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's Jesus, but he hadn't told you to get out of the boat yet. So you got to be careful about it. I think sometimes per- some personalities just, trust in a mirror it's kind of like going to the you know you put a down payment on a car and then go to the casino yeah 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's not that's never not really work understood that. Way. that. Yeah. You know? Okay. So moving on, how can we encourage others in our community to not just seek God for miracles, but also to prioritize a relationship and understanding of His character? Wow, that was a big question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the answer is by doing it ourselves. I don't think you can convince anybody of anything except through um, modeling. You have to model it. Mm. You know, in the end, I think in the end, I think everybody wants the friend, the dad, the partner, the uh, whatever whatever role it is. I think everybody mm. wants somebody that acts like Jesus. Mm. You know, they want somebody in their lives that act like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're not going to say that in the beginning. They're going to say, "Well, I want uh, you know, I want somebody that's got money, or I want somebody that's strong, or I want somebody that's fun, or I want somebody that's." In the end, mm. they want somebody that's like Jesus. You know, and um, and I, I think I think when we model that, people begin to see it and they begin to emulate it. Um, I, I will tell you, on I'm not that old, but on this end of my life, uh, I am 57 pretty soon, hmm. and um, and on this end of my life, I will say that um, it's interesting to watch younger people who are now late 20s, early 30s, sometimes 40 who um who are beginning to emulate things that I know I intentionally modeled for them and to see that and see God start to use that at a greater level in them than he ever did in me is really an amazing thing hmm. and I think that's how you have to do that I think you have to model it over time uh, but you can mess up modeling real quick. You just have to be real careful with it. Yeah, it kind of feels like sometimes you're wasting the effort, but yes. then years go by. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you see you have it to, happen. Sometimes you have to wait a couple of decades to see, you know, <laughs> fruit from what you're doing. Uh, what, what, I forget the missionary's name who went into um, India mm. and served uh, like decades mm. and got like one convert. Yeah. But but over time, as that started to really take hold, and the people around him saw the realness of him. At the end of his life, he started seeing converts, and he started seeing the church grow, and, he, and there became a huge Christian movement in India. Still, a small percentage of the people, but there's a billion people there, so there's a lot of humans. Yeah, so pretty yeah, awesome. So. He didn't waste his life. He did not. All right. Well, looking forward to next week. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.